Hi, good to have you here, whoever you are. And uh, welcome to the Clock Clark and Miller English Podcast. Almost said the Clock and Miller English Podcast, but that would be incorrect because it's the Clark and Miller English Podcast. Uh, yeah, something a little different today. A couple of a couple of podcasts ago, uh, I did a podcast called uh, Cambridge, 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 or was it just Cambridge, Cambridge? Um, and it was basically uh, something I wrote about um, my experience of going to Cambridge for the first time, and it had lots of useful, like advanced English expressions, uh, and you could pick them up and with the show notes for the podcast you could have them all written down and, and with definitions and things like that were there definitions i don't remember but um it, it was quite a popular podcast people seem to like it so um i've got another one this one it's the same sort of deal it's uh i'm going to basically read you something i wrote and it's not going to be graded. What does that mean? It's not, it's not going to be made easier. This is going, going to be something I've written not for any English learners, just words coming from my head to my hands and onto my keyboard and then onto my computer and now into my eyes and out of my mouth, completely unfiltered. Um, and this one's uh, quite similar then. This one's quite similar to the Cambridge uh, podcast because, again, it's about my sort of experience traveling and things that took me by surprise. Unlike the Cambridge episode, this is not me traveling to somewhere new um, or somewhere very different. This is me just going back to England. I wrote this a few years ago when I took a trip back to England, and I don't know why, but that trip really opened my eyes more than others you know I go back to England every year or every two years but I don't know this time I kind of got culture shock from going back to my own country and there were three things that really like stood out um stood out to me and made me kind of surprised and stuff I'd forgotten about English culture or living in England or British culture or living in Britain whatever um uh, yeah, one of them was kind of great and it made me feel happy. One of them was not so great and kind of made me think that maybe things need to change. But now I'm thinking about that second thing. Maybe not. Maybe it's okay. Um, you judge for yourself. And the last of them just made me think, ah, this is neither very good nor very bad. It's just weird. So, um, yeah, without further ado, uh, here is my account of the three things I noticed um, when I travelled back to England a couple of years ago between Birmingham, um, the airport at Birmingham, uh, the UK's second largest city, and Froome, uh, the lovely town where my parents live in the West Country. So, yeah, you can, if you want, um, go to, uh, to clarkandmiller.com go to the podcast page find this podcast episode and you can find some show notes because uh, this could be very useful to check out the advanced english phrases that are going to turn up in this episode like i said i'm going to read you something unfiltered ungraded something that is just basically not designed for english learners but that's okay Go to the show notes, check out the phrases, see how much you can understand. You'll be surprised by how well this is going to go, trust me. So, uh, here we go. Without further ado, let's 
go back to Britain. Oh God, that sounds so patriotic, doesn't it? Makes it let's let's go back. I'm just gonna leave it there. Alright, without further ado, let's just go. Surprise number one. The UK is incredibly multicultural and ethnically diverse. We had to wait in Birmingham for a couple of hours for our train to Froome. We went out to grab a bite to eat and have a sit down. Then we were reminded just how multicultural Britain is. We ended up eating Mexican food at a place run by Bengalis that served both halal beef and beer. I guess the image that summed up the beautiful diversity of the country was when we saw a stall of pious Muslim guys promoting their religion and two steps away, a shirtless African drummer loudly drumming out an awesome rhythm with an ear-to-ear grin on his face, two very different sides of human life side by side, the devout and the carefree, the reserved and the uninhibited. Surprise number two. The UK is very, very, very institutionalised. One thing that jumped out at us was just how institutionalised the UK is. Britain is famous for its signs, and there are signs everywhere. Uh, You've got ones that say, do not walk under the barrier, pedestrians must keep going, look left, no parking, no exit, no entry, in, out, parking, no exit, no entry, in, out, no ball games, um, warning, we're, uh, you get, that's W-E-I-R, by the way. And yeah, you get the idea. They are all over the place. Uh, I saw one in a public toilet, and seriously, this is genuinely what it said. This is a public toilet, a place you can just go into willy-nilly and... It said, next to the toilet, the time for the use of this facility is limited and you are requested to leave before the alarm sounds. Seriously, I have to rush this? There was also a creepy recorded voice telling me to be as quick as well or or face a fine. Talk about Big Brother. Wherever we were, we were surrounded by chain stores and brand names. Everything around us felt like it was owned by distant billionaires in expensive suits, possibly burning money for fun and laughing manically while stroking a globe. That's their sort of thing, right? It was like the country was just a place for us to walk around in, but not really participate in. Finally, if the, in the train station and on the train there were these constant announcements telling us to make sure we had our tickets handy or to keep an eye out for dodgy characters. Yeah, really, like in a dystopian future film. Or not leave baggage unattended. There was no way they were just going to let us sit back and enjoy the journey. They wanted us to be on our toes every step of the way. Although, on the bright side... Bristol Station is is really beautiful. Go and Google Bristol Temple Meads Station. Beautiful, beautiful building. Yeah. Surprise number three. British drunk people can be really loud and kind of scary, but only for a bit. When most people think of British people, they may have something in mind like a guy with a top hat in a tweed suit and an umbrella possibly with a moustache, possibly next to a phone box, and possibly in the fog. 
Yeah, I know that's quite an out-of-date image, but still a lot of people do think about Britain like that. But there are lots of very different kinds of people around in reality. On our way to my parents' house, we took a train from Bristol to Froome. We were sharing the carriage with a bunch of inebriated lads taking the last train home after a night on the town. We'd forgotten quite how rowdy people like this could get. However, if you find yourself trapped in an enclosed space with drunk Brits, don't worry, their bark is worse than their bite, and there's usually no need to feel intimidated. They were just a bunch of guys letting off steam and having a bit of a laugh. Okay, so that's what I wrote. That was my experience, the three things that surprised me. Now, what we're going to do now is we're going to listen to that again. But before we do that, I'm going to give you the new phrases, the the advanced phrases that might have made that a little difficult to understand. Um, I'm going to go through them one by one, and I'm going to tell you what they mean. You can also get these in the show notes on the the Clark and Miller website. Um, So here we go. Phrase by phrase. First one, grab a bite to eat. That's quite easy, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so grab a bite to eat means have some food. Have a sit down. Have a sit down. Yeah, that's it. Uh, It's pretty straightforward again. Sit down and rest for a short time. Notice these are quite similar. Instead of saying eat some food, we've got a a different verb, like grab a bite to eat. And um, sorry, a different verb, like grab. And then we have the food side in the object, grab a bite to eat. And the same with the have a sit down. Instead of saying sit down, We use the verb have and sit down becomes a noun. Have a sit down. You'll see this a lot in very casual English. Okay, next word. Pious. Pious. Oh, it's quite nice to say, isn't it? Pious. Pious. It just means very religious. Ear to ear grin. Okay, we can work this out, right? We've got one ear on our right, one ear on our left. A grin means to smile. So an ear-to-ear grin is a massive smile. Devout. Okay, devout. Devout is a bit like pious, uh, someone who follows their religion closely. Carefree. Okay, carefree means not worrying about anything, free of cares. Makes sense, right? Reserved. Reserved. And it's not for a table in a restaurant or a bar. Reserved means private and introverted. You don't really express yourself very much. You keep your feelings to yourself. You're reserved. Uninhibited. Oh, I liked saying that too. Uninhibited. The opposite of reserved. Extroverted. Not caring about what people think about you. You're uninhibited. Jumped out at us. Okay, it jumped out at us. It caught our attention very, very suddenly. Uh, All over the place. Again, you can probably guess this one. All over the place just means everywhere, all over the place. Okay, talk about big brother. (laughs) Talk about big brother. Okay, so I'm going to explain this in bits. Uh, This has two parts. We say talk about when we want to draw attention to how extreme something is. For example, I don't know, you're walking, you're walking somewhere with your friend, it's ridiculously hot, like 45 degrees. You turn to your friend and say, talk about hot. Uh, Big Brother 
is a character in the book 1984 by George Orwell. I think I mentioned about him in the last podcast. Uh, George Orwell wrote Animal Farm as well. Um, 1984 is about a government that watches everyone all the time. We now use this phrase to describe situations when we feel that the government is watching us too closely, like, you know, with alarms in the public toilet, for example. Um, so, yeah, talk about Big Brother. Laughing manically. Okay, manic, mania, ma- manically. It's all about being crazy. So, yeah, laughing like a crazy person, like a maniac. Globe. Okay, the globe is a model of the earth with uh, it's like a sort of three-dimensional map in the shape of a ball so in the shape of the earth you know you can buy them in bookshops uh their sort of thing okay so you've got like his sort of thing my sort of thing is it your sort of thing and it just means the sort of thing that they like or he likes or you like so you know you can play some music to a friend and say ah is this is this your sort of thing do you like this is this is this your sort your thing Uh, We had our tickets handy. Okay, I like this. Having something handy. Now, I know in German, uh, the word for cell phone or mobile phone is is actually handy. And yeah, when you you have something where you can get them easily. We had our tickets handy. We had them where we could get them easily. Um, Another example, you know, you want to make sure that you have your passport handy when you're going through immigration at the airport. It's interesting, this structure. We have like, have something handy, um, meaning having something in a situation where we can get it quickly. Um, keep an eye out for dodgy characters. Again, this one has two parts. Keep an eye out for dodgy characters. Um, the first part, keep an eye out for something, means you need to be aware that something exists and that you might see it. Be ready to see it keep an eye keep an eye out for it like oh can you keep an eye out for john i'm expecting him to to come in today uh, dodgy dodgy is a very british word i think uh, it means untrustworthy or dangerous you can have dodgy people dodgy places so yeah keep an eye out for dodgy characters keep 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 your eyes open for suspicious people on our toes every step of the way on our toes. On our toes means uh, not relaxed and always ready for something unexpected to happen. Every step of the way basically means at any minute, every moment, never stopping, never letting down your guard. On your toes every step of the way. A bunch of inebriated lads. A bunch of inebriated lads. All right, so inebriated means very, very drunk. And a lad is another word for young man. So yeah, a bunch of inebriated lads is a group of inebriated or drunk people, usually young men. A night on the town. Sometimes we say a night out on the town. Uh, Yeah, a night on the town. This means a night out going to pubs, bars and clubs and probably drinking too much like these inebriated lads had. Yeah, a night out on the town, a night on the town. Okay, next one, rowdy, rowdy. Rowdy is noisy, full of energy and behaving like a bit like a messy gang. Rowdy. A bunch of inebriated lads will be rowdy, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, this this one's good. Uh, Their bark is worse than their bite. Bit of a proverb here. 
His bark is worse than his bite. Her bark is worse than her bite. Their bark is worse than their their bite. Uh, This proverb or idiom, this kind of idiom as well, uh, means that they aren't as dangerous as they seem. Like a dog. A dog, not some dogs, they seem very aggressive and they bark a lot, make make a lot of sound, but they don't do any biting or much biting. So yeah, their bark is worse than their bite. Two more left. Letting off steam. Letting off steam. To let off steam means to get rid of negative energy and stress. Uh, Personally, I like to go to the gym or I like to work out to let off steam. Uh, The guys on the train like to drink more beer than may be humanly possible in order to let off steam. Uh, So they became a bunch of inebriated lads. Letting off steam. And last one, having a bit of a laugh. Again, we can work this out. And again, we, instead of saying laughing, um, having a bit of a laugh, it doesn't actually mean laughing. It means having fun, having a laugh, having a bit of a laugh, just having fun. All right. Okay. So hopefully now you've got the meanings of these words. Let's listen again. It's always good. Don't pause the podcast here. If you really want to get the most out of this, it's best to do things twice. Um, especially with listening exercises. So I'm going to go through one more time. I'm going to go through quicker than the first time because you probably know more about what's happening. And here we go. Listen out for the new phrases. Surprise number one. The UK is incredibly multicultural and ethnically diverse. We had to wait in Birmingham for a couple of hours for our train to Froome. We went out to grab a bite to eat and have a sit down. Then we were reminded just how multicultural Britain is. We ended up eating Mexican food at a place run by Bengalis that served both halal, beef and beer. I guess the image that summed up the beautiful diversity of the country was when we saw the the stall of pious Muslim guys promoting their religion and two steps away, a shirtless African drummer loudly drumming out an awesome rhythm with an ear-to-ear grin on his face. Two very different sides of human life side by side, the devout and the carefree, the reserved and the uninhibited. Surprise number two. The UK is very, very, very institutionalised. One thing that jumped out at us was just how institutionalised the UK is. Britain is famous for its signs and there are signs everywhere. Uh, No exit, no entry, in, out, out here, no exit, no entry, out, Don't walk under the barrier. Pedestrians must keep crossing. Look left. No ball games. Warning. We're. That's W-E-I-I-R, not W-E-R-E. Signs were just everywhere. And this is one I saw in a public toilet. I couldn't believe it. The time for the use of this facility is limited and you are requested to leave before the alarm sounds. Seriously? I have to rush this? There was also a creepy recorded voice telling me to be quick as well, or face a fine. Talk about Big Brother. Wherever we were, we were surrounded by chain stores and brand names. Everything around us felt like it was owned by a distant billionaire in an expensive suit, possibly burning money for fun and laughing manically while stroking a globe. That's their sort of thing, right? It was like the country was just a place for us to walk around in, but not participate in. Finally, In the train station and on the train, there were constant announcements telling us to make sure we had our tickets handy or to keep an eye out for dodgy characters. Yeah, really like in a dystopian future film or not leave baggage unattended. There was no way they were just going to let us sit back and enjoy the journey. 
They wanted us to be on our toes every step of the way. Although, on the bright side, Bristol Station is stunning. Surprise number three. British drunk people can be really, really loud and kind of scary, but only for a bit. When most people think of British people, they may have something like a guy in a top hat with a moustache and wearing tweed in mind. But there are lots of very different kinds of people around. On our way to my parents' house, we took a train from Bristol to Froome. We were sharing the carriage with a bunch of inebriated lads, taking the last train home after a night on the town. We'd forgotten quite how rowdy people like this could get. However, if you find yourself trapped in an enclosed space with drunk Brits, don't worry. Their bark is worse than their bite, and there's usually no need to feel intimidated. They were just a bunch of guys letting off steam and having a bit of a laugh. It's amazing how your own culture can surprise you and how easy it is to forget what makes up the society you're still a part of. Okay, yeah, that was it. That was it. Notice how um, when I uh, read it the second time, my uh, my posh uh, accent sort of slipped and I went back into my more regional accent, how I usually talk to, to friends when I'm, I'm back in England. Um, this is just a, a magic of, of language that when we start behaving differently or or start imagining a different audience we we change the way we speak and uh yeah i i did it just then i didn't even realize it until about halfway through but yeah so okay there we have it i hope those uh, expressions uh really helped you out um some good advanced phrases remember when you're learning vocabulary don't learn word by word learn phrases phrase by phrase you know phrases like on our toes every step of the way you know the word on you know the word are you know toes every step of the way you know all the little bits of it but you wouldn't think to put them together because you know language works in big chunks and big phrases so yeah that's i guess i guess that's my tip for the end of this podcast episode when you're learning when you're studying think about this um this episode these phrases excuse me these phrases and yeah when you're when you're studying when you're picking up new new vocabulary try and learn them in big chunks much more useful much more natural all right cool um i'll leave you be if you have any questions or any comments don't forget to email me gabriel at clarkandmiller.com um and also go to clarkandmiller.com there's loads more stuff for you there free stuff mostly Anyway, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, Good work and uh, see you or sense you next time. Cool. Bye-bye.